0: Let's give him something to talk about. I see the energy running out. I got a planet to run around. Okay, okay. You ain't do nothing but run your mouth. No, I don't want to be humble now. You doubted me nothing to talk about. See
1: how professional we are, dude?
0: Dude, I'm ready to go through a wall after that. <laughs> it's like, all my, all my podcast is coming to reality now. <laughs> I am the number one fan. I dare anyone to dispute that.
1: Yeah, you are. You're, you are. You got. We got your company right there. You said right away. You stepped up and sponsored us. I don't know why, but <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but we're great. Yeah, we're grateful for that. Extremely.
0: No, dude. My nice. Brother. Thanks for joining
1: us. Did you did you podcast last Monday? Is that why you couldn't join us last Monday?
0: I uh, crazy story. This is a great lead off, but uh, there is a judge in Giles County, Virginia. And he runs a drug court, which he doesn't even like to call drug court. He calls it recovery court. And this dude, Mondays and Wednesdays at six p.m., his court room turns into a gym. No, dude, I'm telling. Like, uh, well, that's awesome. There's a YouTube video. It, it was one of the single most awe-inspiring things I've seen. Um, like they're doing, they're doing wall balls in the courtroom wall, like next to a mural of a judge. It is so nuts. That's um, amazing. That
1: really is cool.
0: That's but yeah. He he, Lee Harrell is his name, Judge Lee Harrell. Uh, his court administrator and then they're basically their CrossFit coach made the trip up here last Monday, and so we we spent a whole day um, talking shop and. Running through how we do
1: things here. But. Do we do you have any footage of that? Did, 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 is that got footage gotten shared anywhere? We need. Um, footage. there I yeah, can. Um,
0: something up. I'm looking
1: for it now. Well, this it, because it would, like that's something that's really
0: cool. Well, is- I, yeah, I'm trying to get. Um, well, I'll post it into the uh, into the chat here.
1: For for anyone that doesn't know, Dale King um, is our guest today, uh, entrepreneur. Um. Army veteran, Iraq, Special Forces, which is cool. Uh, two tours in Iraq. And uh, came back and has started a couple of different companies. One of them is our sponsor, Doc Spartan Skincare Products. And I would say go to their website because um, proceeds for that, purchases for that, go to support uh, uh, veterans um, who are coming back. And... And then, on uh, and, and they're cool products. We, I love, by the way, and I, I, I think I have it somewhere. Um, your combat ready ointment.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: And I keep it in the gym. What's cool about it is it's it's waxy. So if, you know, you get a ro- you get a rope burn, for example. You put on like a neosporin because you got to immediately, otherwise, you, freaking thing gets infected, takes forever. Um, but you put on the combat ready ointment, and it stays on. It doesn't melt and run. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, so love that. And then you got some cool skincare products for men and women.
0: Yeah, man. Um, Who, I never they, thought I would be the deodorant king of Southern Ohio when I grew <laughs> up. But all yeah.
1: natural products, which is great. Plays right into that. Um, but anyway, then on top of it, um, he owns a CrossFit affiliate in Portsmouth, Ohio, um, which has come, gotten received a ton of attention recently. And I, in my email that I sent out to everybody that I, that goes out to my email list, I put a link to the article in Rolling Stone magazine that recently wrote about it, um, and his work with, um, addicts and recovery, um, and, and, turning their lives around there in Portsmouth. And then also, um, um, he, um, is a, and are, are you still a district manager now? Or did you get fired too?
0: I have joined the, the ranks of you, my brother. I'm am oh, yeah. a proud former uh, district rep. I mean, really, and to be honest, like
1: Thanks. now that I think about it, like it's, it's turning into getting fired at CrossFit's the Cool Kids Club. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the OGs. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. Castro was fired.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
1: Savon was fired. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I was fired. Um, Dale's fired. Uh, we can go through a pretty long list, actually. of People like if I really dug into like all the people that were fired, like, hey, those are all some
0: really cool people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, the- yeah was, I was thinking about that too the other day. I was like, well, you know, it's not I'm not in so so bad company.
1: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, get this. Here's here's what's even more amazing is that we still love fucking
0: CrossFit. I know <laughs> that's that's how we're the it, like, they <laughs> we're, we're we're the dumb ones in this equation. <laughs> Somebody, like, Why do we need them on the payroll? They're going
1: <laughs> to <laughs> Someone's going to go back like some some business expert or some psychiatrist or something's going to write a book about <laughs> CrossFit and the allure that it has and like even the people that get fired from it come come back to it. <laughs> it just speaks to more of the methodology. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're so nice. <laughs> Positive here. <laughs> it's true. And uh, but anyway, so welcome to the cool kids club.
0: Yeah, brother. Yeah. Thank you for leading the way on
1: that. Uh, You know, it's funny. So the, the shirt I have on, this is the, the, the do you
0: recognize the logo? Oh, that's like in and out. Right. Or is that
1: right? So I made, so we made this logo, this logo shirt when in and out decided in the state of California, well, because California, well, nationwide, they mandated that in a lot of, I, I don't know, maybe it was state, it was, it was the state, the state. Well, the state said you had yeah. to, you had to, businesses, restaurants, bars, gyms had to check for vaccine cards to the customers, and to the customers, so that meant if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't come in. And back va- <laughs> and yeah, and uh, in and out said fine. No, no customers on site. Like on drive, drive through only. We yeah. we refuse to make our employees the enforcers for the vaccine mandate. Yeah, and That's we cool. refused as well. That's so. Hence the hence the shirt. But I wore it today for. I'm probably starting off this podcast in a contentious way. This oh, beautiful. be okay, great. We'll see viewership go down. But I wore it today because yesterday, um, In and Out announced. Um, Internally within their organization, that if you that if you're an employee and you want to wear a mask, you have to have a note from your doctor (laughs) saying you have to have a note if you want to if you want to wear a mask.
0: That (laughs) is beautiful.
1: (laughs) You want to wear a mask at work? You have to have a doctor's note saying you need a mask, dude. Interesting. Full circle. Yeah, because the the kids' parents, the you know the teenagers and stuff that are there, they they won't they they don't they don't have the guts to tell their kids, hey, it's Stop wearing the mask. Yeah.
0: It's doing more harm than good.
1: It's doing more harm than it's good. Harm than Especially when you're back there frying away and oh god, running
0: around. Yeah. yeah. In your honor, I wore this t-shirt today.
1: Hey. Exercising yeah. is not a crime.
0: Yep. Um, oh, that's good. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to dig, dig through the closet, but I was like, <laughs> this, is, this is for the boys right here.
1: Yep. The you, you can tell there is kind of a common theme here already. Like if you look, at, let's see if I can do this right. Turn this right. You see my background?
0: Yep. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're, um I don't want to hear the complaints. let work harder.
0: So um, speaking of pandemic stories, uh, you know we that's where we first met is when you know your your brief tenure as the as the district rep. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, getting to know you better, and <clears throat> you leading the charge um, for all the affiliates in, in California because you guys got just rocked. Yeah, we did. You know? yep. In Ohio, um, we were only shut down for six weeks.
1: Huh. Um,
0: you know, it seemed like the longest six weeks of my life, but
1: yeah.
0: I just thought everybody had gone back to normal, and then you guys were still still having to deal with it. Um, but in that six week period. That's when Greg was doing his zoom calls with with all his kids. Cool. Yeah. And you know, I was internally navigating it. My wife is a um, ER nurse practitioner. so we, we you know we went through the world's coming to an end to what's the safe thing to do for our members dah, 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 dah. Well, five weeks into it it was just like, well, not everyone's dying out there like this is not what was forecasted or modeled modeled to be. Um, so we're on a call with Greg and Greg goes, Well I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd put newspaper up in my windows and and tell everybody it was closed and invite everybody in. <laughs> exactly yes, I remember you did. When you said that <laughs> and I went, okay, that's what uh, that's that's what I was thinking. So we we put this whole like you know dramatic marketing spin on it. That um, if we put these little tiki torches out, and so like we said, if the tiki torch was lit, that meant we were having meetings. So you could come to a club meeting if you wanted to. That lasted for all of about three hours until. You ran out of tiki oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the health lady comes in. Oh man! And you know we had got ratted out, and right. we weren't that and. <laughs> in executing a covert mission, I forgot to tell people don't park in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, everything's it's a ghost town and then boom, our parking lot's just full um, nobody's
1: out in the streets. just yeah. this one location yeah. is loaded.
0: <laughs> so I'm she chill. comes in and she says, uh, Dale, I know you know why I'm here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what's going on? I don't know let's. Da-da-da. She's like, you know, you can't like, it's not legal to be doing this. And so I was hyping myself up that I'm just going to eviscerate this poor old lady and, and give her the riot act. And, uh, she goes, but I tell you what, if you guys, this was like, what we're talking April ish. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, if you want to work out in the parking lot, I'll let it go. Oh. And I was like, holy shit, like that's a common sense compromise. And so I was like, that would be awesome. And so she represented the county. Uh, there's 88 counties in Ohio. And for an entire month, we were the only county in Ohio that was allowed to work outside for that. And then the, the, the month later, they allowed gyms to to open up. So that's
1: fantastic. It's nice yeah. only a month later, you guys got to reopen. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then two days later, I get a call from Columbus. So I was like, oh, cat's out of the bag. Like this right. is now right. it's gone up to the governor's office. So I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, this is so and so from the governor's office. And I was like, oh,
1: here we, hey, here we go.
0: And they're like, we would like you to be a part of the committee to reopen Ohio's gyms. Oh. <laughs> awesome. like, I go, do you have the right guy? Like, do you, do you know? are,
1: you, are you sure about that?
0: Are you sure about that? So I helped like uh, write, I mean legislation, if you will, to make it not so because you know CrossFit gyms aren't globo gyms, um, just to make it as easy as possible for that. So that's oh, my, man. my little pandemic story. Well,
1: really, that's it. D- at the beginning, we were we were as, as nervous and as as scared as everybody was, but then also I, I but I started to because of our situation and the possible economic impact of it on our business and our coaches, especially, I started to look at the data very carefully as it was coming in, right? They were doing, cause they were doing PCR tests on everybody and then they were mm-hmm. also telling us how many people were in the hospital and then they were recording deaths, even though we know some of that information is not altogether that accurate, but nonetheless, we had data, even with the data that they had as skewed as, as it, I'm, I feel it might've been, um, it still was representative very little risk if you were healthy right and and then and then I contacted started contacting well, I contacted doctors first that were members of our community, contacted um, nurses, talked to nurses had very a couple of really great conversations, long in-depth conversations about what they were seeing in the hospitals and who was coming in and who was the most affected and who was, you know, who were the bedridden.
0: And then, uh,
1: and then the next conversation I had was with, you'll remember this because uh, so I had a conversation with uh, um, a uh, HVAC specialist. Mm-hmm. I did that was because I thought I, re- I instantly, when this started happening, I instantly thought of Legionnaire's disease. Legionnaires' disease, and I think it was the um, early '80s when Legionnaires came out, and that you know there was the group of Legionnaires that you know at Legionnaire meetings that were first came out that they were dying from a turned out to be a bacterial infection that was through the that was being passed through the air ducts because Mm -hmm. of poor. Uh, filtration um, the ancient filtration system they just literally weren't cleaning these fucking things Dude, if
0: you've ever been to an american legion like that is <laughs> yeah, it's like walking back into time <laughs> i know right <laughs> the old
1: stuff on the walls and stuff yeah. the pictures and the old yeah and stuff oh yeah oh man and so but it was becoming a thing and so then i talked to and and i researched and it turned out it was the ventilation system and then i thought ventilation huh well okay well if this Really, and I think everybody, by that time, after the first few weeks, they knew that this thing was transmitted through the air, not necessarily by touch. But the the biggest risk was the air. Well, Although we treated everything here, we sprayed everything down, we did all that shit, too. But I said, if it's transmittable through the air, how could you not get it? I started thinking, how could I not get it? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to get it if I'm in a fucking car driving down the freeway in a convertible, right, with the wind blowing like it's Mm -hmm. 60, 70 miles an hour. I don't think I'm going to get COVID pretty like pretty low risk so so then i started working backwards well what what if i went 50 what if i went 40 what if i went 30 what if i went 20 and i'm like well yeah probably not all the way down to like 10 miles an hour i just don't think it's possible Mm -hmm. so then i talked to the hvsc specialist i said yeah it's a principle known as like uh it was like air air diffusion you know process you know you got to diffuse there you got to put more air in per you know, milligrams of, or microbes of virus, right? So the more air you get in, I'm like, okay, cool. Fuck. I'll put fans up everywhere. And I have ceiling ventilation already yep. world. The garage doors we will make the indoors like the outdoors. Yep. And I, and then I asked him, I said, how can I measure it? He goes, that's easy. He goes, there are airflow monitors that you can buy. They're expensive <laughs> that show the cubic feet per air that come in and out. He goes, the HVAC guys know this. It's And it's a formula that's been around since like 1903 and it's still in use today. And so, but then the, then the other way he goes, well, the easiest way though is if you want to measure how much people are breathing and how much effect, you just get carbon CO2 monitors. And he goes, and then the numbers, you look for the numbers and you keep it from between um, like 400 and 800. And chances are it's just the same as outdoor air. So, I, what yeah. did I do? I'm like, okay, let me think through this critically, let me put one outside. And see what the outside air is. And the outside air was coming in at like 4, 480, 475, 480, smoky days. Depending on the smoke. yeah. it's yeah, been yeah. on the smoke, but it was like 480, 490. Put them in the gym, fucking A. It was Same. like 430 yeah. because we had f- such airflow, and there was like 430 to 520. And then, when if we got a whole full class, all spaced out, of course, sure. it, it got as high as like 650. And then, if it got to 700, I told the coaches, take a break. Everybody walk outside for a little bit. Which yeah. it never did. It never did. It never went that high, and that was eighty dollars on Amazon for that. Tried one. to yeah. explain it. Tried to explain it to the county. No luck.
0: Yeah. Didn't care.
1: The investigators came into my. They took the license plate numbers of people parked in our parking lot. Oh, they were doing Dude, like, what? What yeah.
0: was like? Did you guys? I know you were racking up like serious fines. Yeah,
1: we did. Not that high. There were some counties like, you know, the down in uh, Santa, Clara Santa Clara County they if they would double it every time you got fined or every yeah every day and it's i feel like it started higher than yeah. ours did too yeah they started at like a thousand and it would double every time so that you could instantly get to like tens of thousands of dollars yeah. of fines ours went like it started at 250 500 750 1000 and they capped it at 1000 oh i thought it was like 1500 each visit no it was it was uh, they capped it at one each visited a thousand okay so we ended up the total fines was like seven thousand seven hundred fifty dollars yeah. To to find <laughs> did you
0: have to pay that or did that just kind yeah.
1: of my attorney uh, so you know i was at you know first if I'm, if I'm asking i'm this. not
0: paying this
1: you know we'll take him to court you know and i want to sue the governor can i sue the governor and he goes well no there's something called sovereign immunity you can't sue the governor otherwise everybody would sue the governor i thought about that i'm like oh yeah well yeah, that makes, <laughs> makes sense, sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then he but then he and he goes look and he goes but we can sue the county and try and pursue that he goes let me just tell you because it's gonna they're gonna rec- they're gonna appeal it first of all if there is a decision they're going to appeal it he goes but before we even get to that decision they're going to request a jury trial and though and because of who they are they're going to get a jury trial and he goes Mm -hmm. i just just want to tell you craig (laughs) it's probably about thirty to fifty thousand dollars for me to to just crack just no just to pick a jury just to like Uh, get through get through because you got to do all the interviews you got to all then you got a whole and he goes and that's what they're going to do they're going to want to drag this out as long as they can and make it super super expensive for you And he goes, or oh, you could pay seven thousand five hundred bucks and write it off. <laughs> My attorney's, like, <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I, so here's how I, I so I paid the seven thousand five hundred bucks, and then that I gave myself permission to bitch about it for about three or four years. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> in perpetuity. In, in perpetuity. <laughs> You're right. Don't right. time cap that thing. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: so. The, I, all I started with was this the shirt logo. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: I, I work. I'm going to so many rabbit holes. All over. I love
1: it. So, um, Dale and I became fast friends. Um, on we had we did have a cool group of people in our yeah, in our re, in, in as the dis, first district managers, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then. Yeah, I, I learned more about you as time went on. Like I did, all I knew you was you were an affiliate owner in Portsmouth, Ohio and cool dude. And I liked rapping with you. And then I found out, you know, you're a little bit about your background Then I found out about Doc Spartan. And then after Doc Spartan, I found out about, um, PKSC and the work that you're doing with, uh, with, uh, addicts and recovery there. Yeah, man. Um the, the what made the wh- why did you decide to do the Doc Spartan thing, the skincare thing and the combat radio I mean, did you have an idea for that right away? And just go, oh, I need to execute this idea. Cause I think I think ideas all the time. I'm like, fuck oh.
0: So um we opened up the gym in 2010. Um and then one of the original members was a girl named Renee, and she was on the side. She had always made like all natural creams and lotions just kind of in her kitchen and sold them at farmer's markets. Um, and then as the gym kind of grew <clears throat> around 2015, um, her stuff was getting more popular. And then I, in 2013, uh, I started with my army buddy. I started a nonprofit called Team Sum Assembly Required. And it was to help uh, adaptive athletes. So essentially for to help fund for their training to compete in CrossFit, powerlifting, like, Uh, fitness based sports. And so from me getting to know them, uh, they would get really gnarly blisters and rashes where their residual limb fits into their prosthetic from, you know, multiple reps, overuse, stuff like that. So that was kind of the background of it. And then I went to Renee and I was and then, you know, people hand ripping was like a thing, a real big thing back in the day. And so we'd always get people that would rip their hands or bust their shins inside the gym. So I said, hey, let's figure out a way to make like a, a all natural first aid ointment that, you know, we could we could give to the people on Team SAR and then we could just sell it as an item in the gym. And so she created a bunch of prototypes. We then passed them out to everybody in the gym and just said, hey, can you test this out and give us feedback? And the feedback that we were getting was far and beyond anything that we, you know, originally uh, intended it for. Like, actually it was, I think one of the first names was just called like hand repair cream or some, something like that.
1: Right. Uh,
0: but then it slowly morphed into like, Hey, I used this on my kid's diaper rash. I put it on my tattoo. I had a surgery. I put it on my scar. Um, and we were getting really good, like before and after testimonials. And so literally in, this is in my kitchen Renee came over and on a napkin we just said all right 50/50 50, 50 partners and um and we took $200 went to the grocery store to buy ingredients and that's how we started the company That's a trip. It's badass. Yeah. And then and it was crazy cuz at this 2015 I quit working my full-time job um, for the Department of Energy I 2010 I started the gym and I kept working my full-time job for that five years and then finally built the gym up to where I thought it was ready for me to walk away from my real job. And that same summer we started Doc Spartan. A year from that, 2016, we were out in LA filming an episode for Shark Tank.
1: And that choice did you apply for Shark Tank or did some I think someone I think you told the story I've heard you tell the story they sought you out. Yeah, so they they reached out to
0: us. That's right. Um, I thought it was like one of my dipshit friends I'm joking, because it came from like a, the email came from a Gmail address. Yeah, I would have done oh, that wow. to you. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I googled the guy, and I was like, oh, he was like holding Emmys. And I was like, oh, like this thing guy's for real. Right. So he just said, hey, we're looking. Basically, they were looking for like first responder companies
1: um okay yeah
0: and he said you know we like what you guys have if you put together a casting video we'll we'll fast track you and then we'll see if we select you from there right on that's really cool
1: and you got picked yeah we got picked what was really cool but by the way just side note on this is is so i knew that he had doc spartan and I hadn't seen the episode, and then I saw the episode when I was sitting at home one day, and Evant, my wife, was in the kitchen. I'm like, "Hey, hey, I know, I know that guy. <laughs> We're so good."
0: Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. It was you know what going through the process, casting videos, meeting producers, actually going on the show, what it's like on the show, uh, to when you actually air. It is one of the uh, most, I'll say, adventurous processes in entrepreneurship that I've ever been
1: in. So does it give you perspective? Um, because Jamie and I were talking about this offline before we got started. We should actually just clicked in and, and have that discussion. Because Don Fall was just on a podcast with Talking Elite Fitness. And he ha- if you haven't heard it, by the way, I would recommend it. I recommend it to anybody that's listening to this audit, to, to, mm-hmm. to this podcast. Listen to the Don Fall podcast with Talking Elite Fitness. This that was on last Wednesday. It is it's, he's one year in, but it's his best, it's most revealing uh, podcast. He's becoming more transparent about yeah. all aspects of the business, including the cost, the board of directors, what is init, what what they want from him and what they expect. And then also he gets into talking about the games. and Tommy Marquez asked him some good questions about profitability. And and he's and he said the game's profitable, but the regionals or the semifinals um, are not their biggest cost, but they don't expect them to be. They don't have hopes for that. But I I always over the last and this is a long ass question. Sorry, dude. No. But over the last, you know, 14 years, I know because, you know, it's plugged in to had some key contacts within the organization. I know what it costs to run the games. Mm hmm and when you and you look at media production and the media trucks you know just the media trucks for trucks example alone, remember, yeah. remember the trucks when we had yeah, them in grid, the grid and tony yeah. budding told us those trucks were 70 grand a day and crossfit would have 14 or something yeah, like that yeah i think no game. i think it was like 11 but the, like super bowl was like 14 yeah super bowl is 14 crossfit had had like 10 or 11 of yeah. those trucks at the uh, at 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 the games, and it's and you so you start to add up the cost. You're like, oh holy shit! Because but that was when they were doing major production, major mm-hmm. production for ESPN. Um, but anyway, so did it give you the, that? That's my question: is did you kind of get some perspective on kind of the cost of something like that um, for production of the games when you think about the elaborateness of that show that you did where you were on for. Fifteen minutes?
0: Oh, not even. Um, yeah. So it's it's fit, so this is. Let me give you a long answer to your long question. Yeah. Um, short answer is yes. What as a consumer of media, you only see that uh, forty-five minutes of an hour show or or whatever that is. Right. Um, it looks great, and the better it looks, and the easier it appears to be. The more preparation and coordination and everything backwards planning that's gone into that, right? Um, it's it's even more- that's, that's
1: a that's a great correlation. That's that's a great for people to understand when they watch a show. Well, that's simple. Fuck that! Can't I can't just get that? that. Was a great little story they just told in fifteen minutes.
0: Yep. Yeah, you, you're not you're not seeing the prior to that going into that. Yeah um, In the show, especially so. It, Give you a timeline we got approached in march um and then so march cast, casting videos was submitted we got picked up we got assigned a producing team met with them on zoom before like zoom was a cool thing to do um, then we had to show our pitch like our little 90 second pitch and then they would give us feedback we get we get you get flown out there along with they film twice a year. They film in like June and August um, for a season. The season runs September through May, I believe. And let's just say that's know, 25 episodes of you know every Friday. They'll then take the episodes aren't aired in order. They're aired in what they believe in. You got to factor in sweeps uh, into that uh, yeah. holiday episodes. This, that, and the other um you go out there you do more rehearsing you're you're on sony studios you're now at a lot like an actual hollywood lot and i'm just a just a poor kid from southern ohio and i'm like showing up there like jed clamp at like hillbillies yes we we got a trailer we got a trailer trailer.
1: so that show was in la at (laughs) not in not in new york
0: yeah uh yeah this is filmed in la yeah you
1: had a trailer
0: yeah, dude, we had a trailer. Um, it was nuts. Trailer had snacks. We had a trailer, um, and then you go out there, and then you'll see like this. What is shown on TV looks like it's its own thing. Well, no, that's probably like 400 square foot of a 4,000 square foot lot. Um, wow. Big boom cameras coming in. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, dude. Um, and even so. We were there for probably 50 minutes from the time the door opens and talking and negotiating, asking questions, answering questions with the Sharks. Um, and of that entire 50 minutes, you control 90 seconds of that. And that's wow. that's your opening pitch. That's it. That's the only thing you have direct control over. Wow. And if you screw that up, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> you know what I mean? like.
1: I know. I've watched the show. Yeah. I've seen it. A lot of people shit the bed the first. Oh my God. Luckily I had,
0: I had um, some military buddies of mine that had gone on before and they were very generous with like mentoring and and telling me And one of my, one of my buddies said, listen, dude, they pick, they pick two types of people to air. They pick really good stories or you look really dumb. Yeah. It's it's on you to be w- decide which one you're going to be. I was like, well, all right, here we go. Yeah.
1: Good to know. Yeah. Cause both of those are entertaining.
0: <laughs> yes. And that's the other thing. He's like, the show does not give a single shit about your company. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they don't care. They care for entertaining and they care yes. to get views. So yeah, That's it. That they don't care about the business, like the sharks do in a way, sure. um, but the show makes money through eyeballs. So the most entertaining people get on there, uh, and that's that's who has the best story or who looks the worst.
1: I've heard that, um, and I read that recently that um, about. So they make deals on the show, but then only about fifty percent of those deals actually go through. And I, I actually could see that that makes sense to me. But just because you, you know, you make a deal in a forty-five minute pitch, yeah. but then you know, I, if I was a shark, I'd go back. Okay. Let's really look at these. Start numbers. peeling back the yeah. onion layers, yeah, exactly. and wait a minute, this yeah. doesn't line up. Right. right. Wait a minute, right? I you're mean, right. they poke they poke holes in that a little bit, right. like in the actual show, the these numbers do. don't add up. But I'm yeah. sure once they start to really actually open up, yeah,
0: I yeah. I mean, you, they don't know you at all, so they yeah, you're right. there for however long it's going to be, and they have to make a snap judgment. Um, and so here, like to me, like that's you know that's a cool story. What a lot of people don't understand is. We got a deal. We got a shark. Oh my god, this is great! Like we're gonna be on TV. Then it was like, uh, now we have to execute. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's the after. (laughs) Now now we have to execute. So, and you're right. Like a lot of deals, I could have just been lying to them that whole time. And then once you go through due diligence, they'll find that pretty quick, and they're not gonna want to work with uh, a liar. Um, So we go through due diligence. And the other thing is, um, you know, Robert, we got a deal on the show. Robert's our partner. He's still an active investor in the company today. Um, And to Robert's, this is not, I'm not talking negatively towards him, but one of the terms of the deal was we're not signing a contract with you until we get an episode air date. Oh, really? Why, why would he? Yeah. Yeah, because
1: the value is in the because like the values
0: story. is is us getting on TV. He doesn't an investor doesn't care about your company unless you're gonna go get in front of whatever it is, just yep. five six million people brand right? yeah, so out there. So it's I'll like, watch. well, all right. Um, but then you have to plan for this episode, yep. Without That's right the oh, without knowing for sure that it's gonna be shown. Yes.
1: How much time did you have in between the um that the show and it aired it. when you aired and it
0: when you shot it when you aired it, contractually, you are given a two weeks notice. Contractually, right? Well, we can't spin this up in two weeks, so we let we got the deal in June, and then you're told, hey, you're going to air this next season. Well, like I said, the season goes from September September to May. Yeah. And they are only contractually obligated to tell you two weeks in advance of your air date. So.
1: That's stressful because <laughs> you get build inventory.
0: Oh yeah. And then, so we so could have. Some of these
1: companies, companies have perishable products.
0: Like, yeah. so we get back and we could have aired on episode one, which has been the beginning of September. So. Essentially, we're like, oh shit, what do we just get ourselves into? So I'm a big believer in like, uh, grow as you go, keep it small, keep it all. You know, I don't want to invest a bunch of debt if I don't know what's going on. Definitely don't want to take a loan against good friends of mine, et cetera, et cetera. Well, all that shit was out the door because I, I needed, I needed about seventy-five thousand dollars worth of product inventory.
1: Oh, damn.
0: On a on a when on a my word, essentially yeah. that. Hey, oh, we got this episode. It's coming. I, I promise s- you it's coming. I swear. <laughs> I swear and well how okay, well what then as an investor you're going to be like, okay, well what's what are you going to how many orders are you going to get? How many eyes eyeballs are you going to get? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Man, have you have you seen the episode yet? No. Uh, <laughs> so, so good. this is reality. This dude, is what I like. Guys. This is what this is what I am saying. This is what people it don't really, yeah,
1: get. Yeah, and so yeah, you guys are you know they show you walking down the hallway, high fiving your friend, and there's people with tears. We got a deal, yeah. and they don't they have no idea the stress that's going to start building. Yep. <laughs> so, so we,
0: we take alone, uh, a loan, a family friend of ours. And then, so then we had to hire somebody full time, um, which I like. I don't know if you're like me, Craig, but like I don't hire people like th- I consider them a part of my family. Uh, it's it's a very it's an investment kind of thing. And now I've got to go hire somebody and. Potentially, if this doesn't work out, turn around and fire them in a couple months if if things don't go. And they're they're trusting in me to leave their job to come work. So I've got I'm in debt, and now I've got (laughs) now somebody's relying on us employment (laughs)
1: obligations. So oh man,
0: so we start building. We just start. We uh, in addition to who we had on staff, we we hired another uh, another person, and we just said. Eight hours a day, five days a week. You're just going to make product because we don't we don't have a co-packer. We do everything ourselves. We we manufacture ourselves. We ship ourselves, and we're just plugging away. And That's then awesome. fine, finally, um, we get the heads up in February that we're going to air. Um, which looking back was like a huge blessing because it gave us all that time yeah. to build up product. And to okay, give give you me. an idea as far as like numbers go, um, we're we're a small company. We're still a small company. This was just this was just meant to be. This was meant to be a product to sell in my gym, not other gyms, not retail stores, not rogue, not any like this is just going to be something. Right. The year before uh, our episode aired, we. We did 2,000 orders online. Okay. The day, the five days after the show aired, we had 4,000 orders. The <laughs> day. In five days. <laughs> five days. So we, we doubled our annual order amount in <laughs> five, five days. days. <laughs> and I'm proud to say, like, those guys busted their ass. And within a week, all 4,000 orders were out the door.
1: Well, that's that's amazing. amazing. Dude, that's amazing
0: well it's like it's uh i have a cheat code and crossfitters are the best employees it's like yeah. i mean the hardest working most determined they they work to the task they don't work to time like it's as,
1: it's, as many as many uh packages as possible <laughs> yeah, yeah an wrap. <laughs> <In AMRAP.
0: laughs> yeah man
1: that so. awesome what a great man uh, thank you for sharing that because that's that's kind of like I, I like to dig in and and I and I, again, it's, it it gives me perspective. I kind of knew it about that show. I kind of suspected that some of those things. it's, yeah. a, it's an amazing show, and I'm, and it's what it's done for entrepreneurs is 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 really remarkable, and the inspiration it gives other people. And I even I just and I'm already an entrepreneurial spirit. I watch and I get ideas mm-hmm. and yeah. It's
0: good. No, and I was a huge fan of the show before before right. um, so, um, they're all great people. And we, dude, we got we nailed it. Like we got so lucky. Um, obviously, we got a deal. But right. going back to the production side of it, only one company per episode gets a what's called a home package. So they will then send a production team out to your location mm. to film that. Like, hey, this I is mean, where they're yeah, oh, yeah, behind that's behind right. the I've scenes, I've seen that. Yeah, so going. you know, an, an average pitch on the show is five to six minutes ish um, but then you tack on a home package that's another three minutes mm-hmm. so we got you know anywhere from seven to nine minutes on the show um, you know because of the story and because, like it just it was a, it was a good we had a good product and the whole thing um, and then fast forward a couple years later we were able to get an update on the show.
1: Where they follow up
0: with the, yeah. you know, the home, like another with home home. package. Yeah. So they so well, this is during COVID. Oh. So then they send like a two pelican cases. And like, so then you had to set up your own production <laughs> scenario and in the whole thing. Um, so we got an update segment that way. And because of how well the episode was received about every four to six weeks we get a rerun on CNBC. That's so awesome. it was like one of the best things we, we
1: could have done for the business. It's, uh, one of those things, it's one of those things when you say, you know, it's, you got really lucky, like but I, but I also, um, good things happen to good people mm-hmm. um, and karma. <laughs> it's like, and then the other thing is, is, is luck happens, you know, and I, Someone quoted this. I don't know if it's a generic quote, but uh, luck happens when opportunity meets preparation. Yep. right. And you had already started. You already built. You started going along, and then you were, you were prepared for it when it happens. That's that's cool as hell, man.
0: The the thing yeah. I've been um, attached to lately is luck is the residue of design. So like it, it basically falls in the same thing and. I mean, you talk like that ninety seconds that you're in control of. I would do like hill sprints, do a hill sprint, rehearse the p- rehearse the pitch, come back down, run up. Like I was, I <laughs> was so fanatical about not screwing this up. Like that. if
1: you, you do it in front of a camera too, just so you can? I it no in front of a
0: camera. i awesome. like, that's how I was like. When yeah. I'm in, I'm in. Like, that's the level of. That's awesome. That's
1: a classic CrossFitters approach, I love too. That. That. I love that. Just <laughs> <laughs> do hill sprints and then come back. I mean, it's one way to coach yourself, too. Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, yeah. The, the, what you've gotten recognition for, though, and, and how everybody's starting to learn your name very quickly within the community uh, beyond that is your work um, with um, addicts in recovery. And setting up the TCCs in Portsmouth, Ohio. Yeah, and uh, and and so I, I, I read the I read it actually a couple times. The, the I Rolling I Stone. I knew about your program, but yeah, I wrote, read the Rolling Stone article a couple times. But I knew about the program, but I didn't know about it in depth. I uh, did, first of all, did you? I I really enjoyed the article. Um, It certainly was tugged at your heartstrings and it was super made It was made very compelling by the story of um, the four mm-hmm. athletes um, who are in your program and now work for you as coaches. Um, just, just mind blowing stories yeah. of rock bottom. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've personally had to deal with addiction in not my life but my family's life um and my father um died as a result of alcoholism my mm-hmm. brother's been in rehab four or five times um other brothers in prison um as a direct result of it so i know the impact and this is alcohol yeah not even not even the stuff that you're having to deal with yeah um what made you um well what, what made you decide to I mean that that's such a difficult area to get into. Like I, I essentially was dragged into it. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean I was I was you know I was a kind of you know when you go and you and you and you put a reference on your when you rent when your first time you rent you have to put a reference.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, I'm like, you know, two or three down the list. Right. <laughs> so, so when the, when the home was vacated, in other words, when my brother had to go into rehab, you know, I go, hey, I was the guy that got called, you know, like, okay, oh, well, yeah, yeah. he called the first guy on the list. First guy couldn't help. Him, and then I got called. OK, shit, I'll, I'll go help. <laughs> I'm the th- second or third guy on the list. And I literally and that actually happened. His landlord contacted yeah. me the last time because I was the reference on his, on his rental fee. I'm like, Oh no, he's not paying his rent. That's a, a terrible sign. But you got into it. You weren't even, uh, you weren't even on somebody's list. You just, you said, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to, I'm going to help people.
0: No, man. And I, even worse than that, uh, I was had a very negative attitude towards addicts. Um, You know, it it all starts when I came back home. I'm born and raised in Portsmouth, was gone for college of the military and came back home. And and I was I didn't even recognize my hometown that I grew up in Um, during that. You know, close to 10 years was the height of the opioid epidemic, specifically the illegal pain clinics and pill mills
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, that legitimately historically that started here in Portsmouth. Uh, Unfortunately, the the doctor that kind of cracked the code on on the pill mill business model started here in our town. Um, And from there, that pill mill business model proliferated out through Appalachia down to Florida. And and so now what's happening is the areas that have been hardest hit have the longest history with it. And the reason is um, it's now becoming generational. so. If you were part of that first wave, when it, you literally just went into a doctor's office in downtown and the doctor said, "Does your back hurt?" and you said, "Wink, wink, yes, my back hurts," and you gave them a 200 bucks, and then wrote a script of of oxys for you, oxycotton is a is a chemical derivative of heroin, straight up. So once that's in your system, you ain't coming off of it. And that's what a lot of people didn't understand, myself especially, is I looked at it as like a moral failing and, you know, they're just mentally weak and they're choosing this lifestyle. So that's where I was coming from. And I was like, these people are the mascot for the downfall of our town, the town that I love growing up. And I went away to the military and I'm so much better than everybody else because of what I did. I would started this gym and in the whole thing. If you want to quit, just stop. Yeah. yeah. Just stop. Yeah. What, what are you like? Yeah. what just, just, just say no. Just stop. Just say no. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, and then I had success with, with Doc Spartan in 2016. Um, and then finally, uh, my, one of my really good friends, he was actually, he's my personal lawyer. He helped write the counter negotiations with Robert's people, um, during Shark Tank. And he said, "Hey, man, I've accepted a job as a general counselor, general counsel for the counseling center. Counseling center is our area's largest nonprofit addiction treatment center." And I didn't know that he had he was in recovery, and he just said, "Dude, CrossFit has been instrumental for my own personal recovery. Um, I would like for us to develop a partnership and for you to to coach CrossFit classes to." people in recovery, because I know it's a, it's a missing component of standard behavioral health right now, like no one is doing the physical aspect of it. And so, you know, I by this point, we're talking twenty eighteen. Yeah, I I started doing CrossFit in seven when I was in the military. I had seen the countless success stories of CrossFit helped me during my, you know, trying to reintegrate back society. CrossFit had helped. Um, I'd seen it help adaptive athletes. Oh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I know for sure this will work. Let's, 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 just give it a shot. And it opened my eyes and I began to see people's struggles. More importantly, I began to develop relationships with people in recovery um, and just having conversations and trying to understand their history and how they, um fell into addiction and so that was that was 2018 we you know we tried this little pilot program we were doing like one class a day and now it's taken off to the point to where they have three multiple gyms in three different counties we're doing anywhere from 20 to 25 classes for them they now have they've developed job positions to where um, internally they have half coaches, half counselors, um, their ethos as a company revolves around, around fitness and counseling. So it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever could imagine.
1: And you're, so the, that person was, is your, is your partner? No, t- he,
0: um, he was my best friend. So he was my lawyer. Oh, he's, your attorney. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's my attorney. Yep.
1: Okay.
0: He was my attorney. Um, and, and, but you, your
1: gym is a for profit gym.
0: Yep. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a for profit gym. So, could mechanistically, I don't even know. I just made that word up. I don't even know if that's a, if that's a word, but how, how it works is we have PSKC CrossFit, um, two blocks away. We are contracted to run CrossFit classes for the counseling center at their gym.
1: Uh, okay okay
0: and, and that we find that's the best thing to do because they control the clientele going in and out of their own facility that they own we're just there we do four four to five classes a day for their for their staff and for their clients
1: and their staff if they well and the, the people that are you're doing class for they can't do class if they're high right
0: correct yeah, yeah. they they are in a program they are they have requirements to do counseling they're getting drug screened three times a week yeah are, yes
1: are, are the programs and this is going to, this is leading somewhere um, and I'll tell you why the, the, pro, the, pro, the people that are in the counseling center um, participating in a program have they volunteer are they voluntarily in the counseling center or are they being mandated by law to as a you know consequence of their actions, all of the above, all of the above. Okay.
0: Yeah. So if you gotta understand uh, our where we're at, so the people that are going to the counseling center, it's it's paid through Medicaid uh, because okay. they can't afford. They don't have insurance. They can't afford it otherwise. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I couldn't tell you a percentage, but a good a good majority are coming from drug courts or coming from hey, we either seek treatment or we're gonna go to prison. Okay. Um, some people are voluntarily checking themselves in. It's it's a good mixture of it, of all of the above.
1: I one of the things we've so we've set up a partnership with the Phoenix, Phoenix group, yeah, mm-hmm. the Phoenix group um, to be a, a resource for addicts in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen the attendance uh, yeah. be weak or uh, because it's voluntary, right? Yes. So- they come voluntarily; they decide mm-hmm. to come, um, or not at all. We, I don't, we, have, I don't think we've had anybody in yeah. uh, or sign up as Phoenix member in quite a while. It's been a minute, yeah. We've got, we still have some members that have that were that came in the beginning, out of the, in the beginning yeah. yeah, and then and then joined the gym as full time members. And they're still here, but but no one actively in the program right now, yeah. and which means I would again, I got so I got to reach out to them, I got to see if we can promote it and get it yeah. out. There. And similarly, Dale, um, we set up a program. Um, th- with Matt Schendeldecker's yeah, yeah. help to get uh, uh, juveniles on probation in here mm. um, as part of their uh, transition from um, a life in, of incarceration to probation, and then hopefully then, as that has shown, you know, leading to careers and success yeah. in their mm. own lives. Healthy lives, yeah. And that has – you know, we had a commitment from the county to bring in six people just for a tour – When they came in, when they came for the tour, only one kid showed. Yeah. So we made special arrangements for that one person to be here. We made all of two sessions of the six that we wanted to do, six one-on-one sessions with a one-on-one with a coach. And he's not that far away. And only made only two sessions and then faded away. And I talked to the judge who helped me set this whole thing up. She's a member here, Superior Court Judge. And unfortunately in the state of California, they've taken away the, what she called the stick and it's, they only rely on the carrot, Mm. meaning she goes in years past, they could mandate, um, as part of, uh, probation that you participate in some sort of work, Mm. uh, program or, um, a fitness program or something like that. You had to participate in something as a condition to your probation. She goes, when we did that, those programs were full, full. And she said, as soon as, you know, the state pulled back on making those mandatory um, or the ability for judges to, to put them in the sentencing, she goes, the participation level has fallen off dramatically. And similarly with the Phoenix group, it's a volunteer, but it's a great program. That it is, is a great program. program. It's a great program. Yep. But unless it's unless it's mandated or a condition of kind of the of of staying out of jail, right, or staying alive, having the ultimatum, or yeah, having an ultimatum, having consequences, uh, they it doesn't appear so far in our experience on either with the juvenile probation or the addiction recovery that they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that was kind of why I wanted to get into your question. And it, and it it is just it's one of those things that I've learned about addiction over the you know my many years. Is you you got to hit rock bottom, and part of rock bottom is you may not need you may you may have to take forced help in order to recover.
0: Yep, yep, yes. So the it's interesting, man. Um, a couple a couple things here. We I want affiliate understand. We look at this as we are servicing a corporate client. Our corporate client just happens to be in the business of treatment. Okay. Right. So that's that's how it works. So, you know, Craig, if you had a contract with Tesla and Mm -hmm. then you went and Tesla had a gym and then you were giving two to three classes a day uh, for Tesla's employees, that's exactly what we're doing. Okay, Um, which makes it, in my opinion, that's how we get success. Right. So, yes, Yes. we're we're the, the gym. The coach is compensated it's a value add for the treatment center it, it it's a thing that they can market that they are, offer crossfit or they offer group fitness or they offer whatever and most importantly it's extremely it's extremely beneficial for the client the person yeah. going through treatment
1: i think ultimately it's a huge benefit for the county for the city yes and for the state as well right cuz yeah. you long term costs decline with you know the of, sure. this is, yeah. of, of an individual who is an addict.
0: This is what we have to understand. And this is what's taken me a long time to understand this is we as taxpayers, as society are paying for this problem, no matter what, are we going to, are we going to want our taxpaying dollars to go to the correctional facility where a, it doesn't work as well. And B it's more expensive. Or do we want to see our taxpaying dollars go to, some evidence-based treatment that can actually get people better, set them up for jobs and to become taxpaying assets instead of liabilities. That's that's how we have to look at this problem. We don't there is no third option to where they can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not how substance abuse disorder works. Uh, it, it is a disease of the mind and it, you know what it's been, <laughs> We want to talk about great. We want to talk about chronic disease. We want to talk about CrossFit gyms being lifeboats in a in a sea a tsunami of chronic disease. We we all know hypertension. We all know heart disease. We all know diabetes. Addiction is another category of chronic disease. I don't yeah. know. That I'm off my high horse on that. No,
1: yeah, and I think it's what's worse about it is that there's, they have no longer have physical control, right? Because of the addict, the actual physical addiction. Mm -hmm. There are food addictions, right? And, and, uh, um, that, that a lot of them are psychosomatic. Some of them may be actual physical addictions, but there is no doubt that with, with the painkillers, heroin, with methamphetamines, um, crack, cocaine, like Mm -hmm. those are, actual physical symptoms <laughs> that that they're battling yeah. alcohol when you have to go
0: through withdrawal yeah. to get off listen that's, no, that's, one, that's physical. no one grows up to be a social heroin user right like that <laughs> it's not it's, <laughs> it's not well a, it's not a party drug like right? uh yeah. you are you are like your brain is hijacked and believes that you would rather have your next hit instead of in the same vein as a breath of air and a drink of water like that's that's what it is wow, and so furthermore furthermore you know if you take a 20 year old kid or 17 year old kid once they start substance abuse their cognitive development essentially stops yes i read that that,
1: that was a um, when uh, i think it was uh when you're talking about i think rooster yeah um, yeah, it, it talks about that. And that yeah. was that was that, that was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And, and so that's
0: it. Uh, so basically what we do now, like we the short answer is uh, we develop relationships with clients when and if we have, I have three small businesses, the gym, Doc Spartan and another company called Spartan Solutions Group, which is just um, we actually um, we're a subcontractor to a local foundry. That foundry makes kettlebells for Rogue. Cool. Um, which is a very cool thing because now our employees who are swinging those kettlebells in CrossFit classes during treatment have an opportunity to work on the back end packaging those kettlebells up. That's awesome. Um, so we, we try to, we, we, I mean, I assess and recruit people from the CrossFit classes um, and then try to offer them as many jobs as, as I can through my, through my three companies, two, like three people of which have come all the way to become um, CrossFit trainers. Um, But what we we need to understand is those people, I've learned to not get as frustrated as I used to be because they're, they're not a 33 year old person. They're, they're stuck as a 17 year old person and they need time to allow their brain to heal, to let them catch up to where they need to be. And that's, that's a big thing. So, there's three kind of levels of like when somebody's coming in hardcore they were they were slamming a heroin needle in their foot vein, we need to understand like we need a period of time for them to get healthy. physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health, however long that takes. current Medicaid system it's a maximum of 90 days. Um, let's just say it works within that time period. Well, you don't get some badge and says you're sober for the rest of your life. That's not how this, it's not how this works. No. They're, they're released back out into the street or wherever they were going to go. And this is a guy named Andrew. He was our first guy that went through the pilot program. And at the end of it, he's, he came to me. He was like, dude, I just want to let you know, I appreciate this. I want to thank you. This has been one of the coolest things I've ever done in treatment. And I'm, and I'm done with the program. And I was, I was like, you know, her, you know, hurray, hurray. Like let's like, you're, you're good. <laughs> you're good now. And I was like, so what are we going to do? And he goes, well, dude, uh, tomorrow I'm checking myself into the homeless shelter because if I go back home, I know I'm going to relapse. And I looked at my other coach and I was like, Hey, I didn't even know where the homeless shelter was in my own town. Um, and I go, dude. Tomorrow, 9 a.m. Come to the gym. I'm going to give you a broom and a mop, and I'm going to give you something to do until we wait for a bed to be opened up in a transitional um, house somewhere. So, phase one, we got to get them healthy through a combination of counseling, uh, group counseling sessions, CrossFit, whatever you want to say. Phase two is we need to set them up a, to enable them to get a job, and enable them to have a place to live for however long that is until they're ready to go back and be a have their apartment, have their house, have their car um, to get us to get us there.
1: I've had. Um, a number of conversations with affiliate owners, and I'm thinking of one in particular in San Francisco. Mm. Um, actually, Dan, I'll just yeah, Daniel Rapkin, um, who's kind of in the heart of the mess right mm-hmm. there in, in downtown San Francisco. But she and I had a conversation not too long ago, and also with Tim Dimmel at uh, CrossFit Palo Alto oh, about members um, who fall off the wagon from just fitness and and by that i mean in other words they they're they're with you they're with you for your time and then they leave your gym and especially if they've been with you for a long time how and like, crossfit affiliate owners are different they're not they, they Ninety percent of them, probably hundred percent of them, not in this. Did not start this to make yeah. money. They they found this cool methodology. They want to share with everybody else because it's it's life changing. Changes physiology, changes your mental health, changes your life, every aspect of it. And if you can make make some money off it, make a living even better, right? So that's exciting. Yeah. But the, the the downside of that, the double edged sword of being that type of person, is that when your members leave you right? It's it's personal. His personal. It hurts. No, it hurts. It, it hurts, hurts, man. It, it hurts. hurts. Yeah. And people say, even at W, yes, even W, my wife will tell me, she goes, hey, so-and-so left. I go, what? Oh, I'm sending them a text. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure, sh- and I don't even care that they left. I just want to make sure that they're going to k- keep doing something. So mm-hmm. th- again, another long intro to a question. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like if one of my members was an addict and then started using again. Like that, that to me would be soul crushing. Like, and the, the, think about your situation there where they, you know, you're going to look, I'm going to give this guy a broom and a mop because I do not want him to slip. Like like it. there's there, are, I'm certain just because of the on experiences, my family, there's recidivism.
0: Mm, yes.
1: Um, how do you guys handle that? How, do you do that? how, how often does it happen with these um, individuals that are coming into the, to the, uh, the, the, the counseling center?
0: It, it, it's a nuanced answer. Um, for the general client that comes into the counseling cent- center, it happens a lot. I mean, you know, the, there's a saying that, you know, relapse is a part of recovery. Oh. Uh, I used to think that was kind of like a bullshit excuse kind of thing, but it, it is, It it's, unfortunately it's the nature of beast. Yeah. Um, you got to understand like a lot of things in my life. I had no clue what I was doing when I first started when I first started doing this. Um, So Andrew, like I said, Andrew was the first guy. There was a guy like right a couple, a week or two after him. Um, And they both needed a job. So we gave, we gave Andrew and another guy named, uh, I'll just call him his, his nickname was a bomb. So we had Andrew and a bomb they were working part-time at Doc Spartan. They really loved the gym. So if, if you work if you work for me at Doc Spartan, you get a free access to, to the gym. It's literally in the same building anyways. Um, Andrew was doing really great. Abon was doing really great until he wasn't. Um, so he started slipping back. We started to notice like he wasn't working out as much anymore one day he didn't like he was late to work and then one day he didn't show up to work. And we, I have one rule as an employee, um, for people in recovery, it's just like, don't be late and or be unaccounted for. So that's yeah. it. That's my, that's my only rule. Like, I like that. If I ever have to look around and wonder, Hey, where's Craig at? <laughs> that's the wrong answer. Yes. Um, And that's it. Like I, you're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna screw things up. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna, that's fine. I can live with that. But I can't live if I if I don't know where you're at. Um, Well, he was he was unaccounted for, and so uh, we got the word where he was. So (laughs) I'm like, well, we go. Basically, we go do a snatch and grab. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So. some, some friends of mine who worked at the counseling center, um, and I did a, did a snatch and grab on him, and um, and unfortunately, like he he had violated his parole uh, by by using again and and falling out, and he had to go to prison for three years. And I have messages from his mom because his mom would get a hold of me and. Um, had to tell his mom that he's back in prison. Um, but I'm happy to report today. He's out, he's clean, and he's working as a counselor. Um, no one prepared us for for that when we, when we went into this. Um, but I will say, and we've had, uh, man, I've had uh, a guy that worked for me. He was a former Marine. Um, he was just kind of working for me some part-time hours and he died. He, he overdosed and he died. Um, And this is, and he's unfortunately, since we started this program, he's, he's one of seven guys that I've coached in a class that, that have died from fentanyl overdose or fentanyl poisoning. Um,
1: For those of you who are affiliate owners who are listening into this podcast and hearing this, um, and the stories that Dale just told about his members who have uh, slipped, um, I want you to think the next time you feel bad about a member that's leaving or someone yeah. that's going, I want you to just kind of relate it to this story. And and it'll give you some real perspective on on what's important and then how – much better your situation is than what Dale is having to deal with on a, a hopefully not often basis there in Portsmouth, Ohio.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not just me, man. Like it's it's all the coaches. Like I only coach one class right, right. now. I only coach one class there a week. I've got great coaches that that do that. I have a very welcoming community for you know not a lot of these guys. So the way the way it kind of works is the TCC gym is called the Hawk. So it's called the health and wellness center. And because they're so, they're so forward thinking and they actually want to make a difference. This, their gym is free for any current member or an alumni.
1: Cool.
0: And it's unbelievable, man. Like it's a, it's a true definition of like a community center that's based around health. Um, And they, you know, those guys, you, these social workers and these counselors, in today's age and let's not forget the police officers and let's not forget the the firemen the emts my those those first responders here in portsmouth are seeing death on a scale that was worse than iraq or afghanistan it's it's weekly and like that's these guys are having to deal with it Uh, and it's not like it's not it's not very well known. It's not very well publicized because no. it's, it's, it's not a, <laughs> it's the, not a really good story to, to talk about.
1: Those people are better people than I. They, 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 I mean, it really is remarkable that they're, you know, they put themselves out there. I can't mm-hmm. imagine being a counselor at the, at the counseling center. And having they're, they're like, build, build strong relationships, get your hopes up, you know, get this, you know, every single person that you know came in and and stopped using drugs, I'd be like, yes, and I'd be high five, and I'd be so pumped up, and I would be so devastated <laughs> when they slip. Like it would be like the stress levels to for me would be just monumental.
0: It's uh, and I don't, yeah, like if you're gonna go anywhere, go with all your heart. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know another way. Yeah. Um, and it worked. It, you know, if you're, I guess if you're willing to, if you're willing to love that hard, you're willing to be hurt that hard as well. Um, it's well said, but that's what it, ta- that's what it takes. Um, we're in a war. We're not winning right now. And we need more people to fight essentially.
1: If, uh, the, the next question related to this is if an affiliate wanted to help and wanted to get involved some way, you've developed a, re- a great relationship with the counseling center that has enabled this awesome process. What would a, an affiliate owner, a typical affiliate owner, where would you recommend that they go or start if they want to make their gym available to something similar?
0: It's a two-part answer. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some free content for free, and, <laughs> then, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna have a call to action afterwards. Sure. Um, so, like any, if you're, in my opinion, if you're, if you're running a good gym, you will have a member somewhere that is working at a substance, uh, a behavior behavioral health center or addiction treatment center or something. So, look internally first. Okay. Um, see if you can develop a, a relationship from a member first. Um, That's the easiest way to do it. If that's not possible, pull up Google and see what addiction treatment centers are near you. Um, Not everyone, just like a CrossFit gym, not everyone's going to be created equal. Um, Look, and you can just gauge that the best you can off your website. Um, And then email try to find somebody on the executive team um, via email and just call or email them. And well, let me just stop right there. You can get a hold of me. We have, we're, we're launching. We've actually done this three times. We're launching a thing called the Portsmouth Method Seminar to basically teach gym owners exactly how we've done it. Oh, cool. That's awesome. In that you can just, I'm not going to make you, you can, I'll give, I'll give away our version of a level one manual for free. You just got to email me, In that manual, an appendix is a sample email to send out to somebody that you want to work with. Um, But send an email out to them and just say, hey, I would like to offer your executive team and your staff a free week, a free two weeks, a free month at my gym because I would really like to work with you and your clients. Don't try to sell them anything don't try to just get them in your gym to see what crossfit is you're not going to be able to explain it over a phone you're not going to be able to explain it over the email offer them a free month who cares like get them in your facility then once they've experienced this their first workout then you talk to them and say this is exactly the kind of thing we would like to be able to offer for your clients and your staff at your facility and don't get caught up. Like they may not have a gym at their place. That's fine. You can then offer them your two p.m. slot at your gym. So you have they have to be responsible for bringing the people there. Somebody's got to be. Somebody's got to be hurting the cats somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, and then if they're paying for it, this is the thing that a lot of people miss. If they have a contract with you, they're incentivized to ensure they get an ROI on it. Okay. Otherwise, like, what are we paying for? That's right. That's so contract. Just find somebody in your gym if you can't cold email them. We can send you a copy of that email. Offer them a free week, a free month, whatever. Work out with them, um, and then say, and here's the next thing." Is like, well, let's. You don't have to have some year contract to work with ABC Treatment Center. You can just say the way we do it is we get paid a per class rate. And that's up to you and the client to negotiate on, on what you think that's worth. Um, and then just say, let's do a 30 day trial. Let's do three classes a week, a 30 day trial. And if you think it's something of value at the end of it, then let's talk about a longer term renewal.
1: I, you, you, did, you mentioned something that I didn't do and, I, and, 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 and so followed Dale's instructions. And so when the when the probation officers came, we had two probation officers came. They were supposed to come with six kids. They came with one. Yeah. I felt like when I was having this, I was so excited. I was giddy about having them there, and I felt like I was. But I felt like I was having to sell the probation officers too. They looked skeptical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so what I didn't do is what Dale. <clears throat> recommended, which is get them into a class, get them to buy in, get them to buy in, be even before the kids come. Yeah. I'm yep. excited about it. Like, you know, when you come here and um, you go into class and the members are all, everybody sells you on CrossFit, you know, mm-hmm. the, the coaches don't have to do anything because the other, the other members will sell you on it. It's the same thing with them. And that's what I'm going to, yeah, yeah, you've, you've prompted me to go back to them and get them. I'm going to make a, make it available to them. You, you could, like, I'm just telling you, like, you. they're like, they're going to sell it to all the kids. They would probably be the ones that would also be able to recognize who's actually well, going to be a right. good fit for it. Like, yeah, even better. you know, like yeah. this is going to be, this is something that's going to impact you in your life. This is, you know, you're on in the edge. Here's a good chance to make a turn.
0: It's so much easier with leadership buying. Yeah. There's a freaking judge in Virginia. He does the class with them. He's a CrossFitter. He understands it. Like you're going to get so much farther if you can find the one treatment center or whatever that has that hardcore CrossFit person on the staff somewhere and get them to have executive leadership buy-in and then let them uh, be their mavens or whatever the right term is for for the program.
1: The, the other thing I will tell um, affiliate owners is that the people in the judicial system they care. Yeah. Like the conversations I had with um, our member who is a superior court judge, she genuinely cares. Like you I can feel it. She doesn't it? want. She doesn't want to send kids to jail. No, but when you told her about the program, she called like. Other yes. judges, like, oh, yeah, that shit day, yeah, day, right? Like, and Matt Schindeldecker had the same experience as well. Yeah. They want to, judges aren't in their, in the role as judges. And this is something, a preconceived notion I had. They aren't in their roles to be the punitive, you know, guy that, you know, that sends people to a guy or girl, woman, man or woman that sends people to jail and keeps crime, you know, building <laughs> the power. <laughs> they're in those roles, almost similar to what a CrossFit runner yeah. is. They want to help people. And they and they want to help people um do the best that they can for society um using the law to help get them there just need a few more tools and
0: we can do yeah what and and what what's happening now um i think it's two or three billion there's a uh 49 states are receiving opioid class action uh settlement money oh that's right which we'll is like one of the go. most beautiful things ever because all these predatory pharmaceutical companies got sued and have to divvy up a couple billion across 40 States. And this is what the judge had told me is that money's starting to trickle down, but the people at the County level and and whoever's in charge of dispersing the funds have no clue on, on what to use it for. Um, if you can, if you can have a plan in place and you can show that it works, um, it, it, it's a good program to be able to roll out. And it's very like Matt and I talk a lot all the time. Like we're very aligned in uh, how we're doing and what we're doing. It's just different segments yes. of the population that yeah. we're looking for. Um, but, you know, if, if you can find, you know, if it's state funded, federal funded or pharmaceutical funded and you can align your passion life for a purpose – to be deployed in this area to truly, I mean, like CrossFit saves lives is such a, a, a cliche now, but when you can see it and you know that it works, uh, your life will be your life will be transformed, and you will net. Like I do see and experience some of the worst pain that you could imagine just from listening to somebody's story. And just from seeing it, but as hurtful and as dark as that is, you experience the opposite. As right. well.
1: read, really read, read the Rolling Stone article, people, because you'll yeah. get you'll get a taste of what he's talking about right there. And you, it, when it, and it starts out with one of the darkest stories um, uh, of a gentleman who's now a rooster is now a coach, right?
0: No, he's not a coach. He works at the at the. Oh, clinic. that's
1: right. He works at the at the clinic at the. Yeah.
0: he's one of our best employees there. Yeah, and le- let me. I know we're like running over on time, but
1: that's all right. Dude. We're fine.
0: Let me. Uh, there was so much that wasn't able to be put in the Rolling Stone article uh, for 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 a good reason. Um, but speaking of rooster, right? So uh, you can read his story in there. But you know, I'll be invited to go on talks and and one of the things from hearing Rooster's story during that interview that didn't get put in there is one of the things that he taught me. So Rooster had one of the, the one of the most horrific upbringings that you could could ever imagine um, involving sexual, physical, emotional abuse from both parents, including his father. His father was a member of a motorcycle gang called the Dayton Satans, uh, which, you know, Awesome motorcycle name, but, yeah. but that kind of tells you his right. uh, his personality. Um, broke his bones, just beat him up, abused the hell out of Rooster, and set Rooster off on a on a path of suicide, destruction, drug abuse, multiple times over. And so, the Rolling Stone interviewer asked him, "It said." what made you ultimately decide it was enough? You'd been through several treatment centers. You had relapsed. You'd been kicked out. You'd been on you'd, uh, a felon. You'd been in prison. <clears throat> and uh, Rooster said, well, it finally, it just came down to forgiveness. And I thought, man, that's great. He had to finally, Rooster had to finally forgive himself for, for everything that had happened. But he goes, he said, I had to learn forgiveness. I had to forgive my father. Oof. Because for him to do all that to me, I can't imagine what was done to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh my God. It was like one of the most. Hey, one of yeah. Here's
1: a guy that, that, you know, that has been through so much developmentally, you know, impacted and comes up with that profound some perspective. perspective that's some perspective right? I was like, oh, shit.
0: and that's why like i you know i think i'm in a good mood the majority of the time i'm, I'm a happy <laughs> dude um because like and i'm just like finally if if i've could, if i if i know somebody long enough and i can be really honest with them i just finally go hey why don't you just get some real problems like what your your deal didn't go through on a multi million dollar this or that or, you know, and you're upset because the grass didn't your your lawn care company didn't come on time to cut your lawn and you're pissed off at the world. And finally, I'm just like, bro,
1: you have no idea. <laughs> Get some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's so life is good.
0: Life is good, man. Like it's already. Our- it is.
1: So we're, you're headed out, um, completely change the subject. We're we're, uh, getting a little bit low on time. Well, probably it we don't put a time gap on it. Um, you're going to be one of our longest ones, but this discussion is so good that I want to keep it going, but you're headed out to the CrossFit games.
0: Yes, dude. So, um, Rolling Stone article came out in parallel the last really 18 months we've been developing a documentary, um, (laughs) Uh, proud to say, like this is this is breaking news on the PRs All Day podcast. <laughs> um, we finally signed a distribution deal, um, which is huge for us. So w- we we signed with a company called uh, Nacelle. Uh, they've done a lot of great things on various streaming platforms, but they uh, the Nacelle company is our distributor, and we're looking at a October release of our documentary called Small Town Strong. Um, and to CrossFit's credit, especially I, I can't say this guy's name enough and I can't thank him enough. Tyson Oldroyd, um, who who's produced him and his wife the last several CrossFit Games documentaries. Yep, um, I sent him a rough copy of the film. And he replied immediately after he watched it. And he said, dude, this is one of the most powerful pieces of CrossFit content I've ever seen in my life. And um, we want to help you promote this film as much as possible. That's awesome. And and so he, he took the charge within HQ and got everybody on board. Um, And so at the games, they're going to be running our trailer as an ad throughout the broadcast and and on-site so, um, you know, I, I may not <laughs> – I may have issues with uh, with HQ every now and then and, and sound like a disgruntled ex-employee, um, but I can't thank Tyson and Don and Dave and, and Nicole. Nicole was a really big proponent of it. Um, I can't thank them enough for wanting to, to share this story. So we're going to the games, um, and more importantly, we're going to have Tailgate Party 2.0. <laughs> yep. um, it's also
1: the very impromptu OG TLG party we had last year. Hey, I'm gonna go get a keg. We're gonna invite OGs. Throw a tent up, throw some lights up. Have yeah, part. that's right. <laughs> ten out, lights. We had
0: lights. It was
1: nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and so I and once I figured we were going back, I got a hold, got a hold of Craig and Matt. And there there is a there's a potential of a potential for a very 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 important guest appearance. Of which i cannot say until until the day of so i think we're looking at uh end of end of competition on friday come out to the to the rv parking lot where the real ogs hang out at and uh more importantly just like just come hang like that was the thing last year it was like this event sponsored by so and so and you have to have exclusive tickets and we're like we're not doing any of that shit. like no. if you want to come hang out and be around good people friday at the end of uh competition come on out to the rv parking lot you'll find us come hang out
1: there is uh there's a group of rvs that get together well everybody in the rv park is the world they're all starting to get to know each other yeah. now because we have are a lot of them repeat people but myself and matt uh, and i got to get uh, matt schindeldecker because yeah. he gets three rv spots um that's where you met him right yeah they, yeah RV that's where i met him weekend, and yeah. he set up a he sets up a full-blown gym yep. and then uh jamie lee prs all day he gets to write the programming for those work every day there's workouts there. and you can come anybody can come work out there at that gym yeah. that's in the rv park and it's bad when, when we get closer man
0: let me know um right. love to participate in that with you guys and
1: Absolutely. then the Maderos's parents Justin maderos's parents are there Yep. And then the guys from Sherpa Works are there. The OG culture. And yeah, Ken, Ken is
0: it like I think Ken's even make potentially making a cool little exclusive T-shirt as well. Yeah,
1: Ooh, and cool. it's uh and so and we and we essentially invite OGs. Uh, it was really cool last year. Daniel Chadborn. Chad. Warren, mm-hmm. um, the Chad, uh, yep. Yeah, uh, Daniel Chaffee, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> is who's the european he's he's france right but he he's international he's international so, okay yeah, yeah so, so he's yeah. sorry daniel <laughs> but he brought all his country leaders there yeah i remember that to the event and yeah. it was just it, that was just kind of mind blowing and then uh, we had a few diablo members there and they were blown away um i think chase ingram and will probably be there and bill grunler i think is going to come and then and and like uh dale alluded to we might have the 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 most OG of the OGs there as well. Um so that's kind of cool. We might even be able to get well Adrian said he might show up. Yeah. If, if it's after the competition time.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you like if if this thing goes, which is what I'm thinking it'll go, is once the once the rumor mill goes, it's Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <It's> gonna, <laughs> we like they're going to change the they're going to change yes. the rules
1: of the RV park next this year. This might I might
0: in, well, Next year will be the last year that in, in this RV spot. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's always better to ask for forgiveness. Yes, it is. <laughs> Facts.
1: So we're looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, man, this has been a great conversation. It has. It, and it, it's, you know, we get on here and we, I, I put a little like three-point outline on the whiteboard and I, we literally just kind of open it up and start talking. And, it, and almost inevitably it turns into just when you get people talking freely, it, it ends up on really cool subjects. Yeah. Amazing stories. This, yeah. this one was really good.
0: Thanks, man. And uh, I, I'll ask also, oh, let me let me try to make some money here. Uh, if you're listening, uh, you can use code PRS all day for Doc Spartan and you get 20% off. Um, and then I, I ask that once we get a close to film time, um, I'll send you guys an advanced copy of it. And then we can come back and sit and talk about the film.
1: Oh, Absolutely. That'd be great. That'd be I'd good love to do that. that. We're going to try and podcast. I got to talk to Jamie about this podcast while we're out there as well. I was and going to ask you about that, too, to have you come sit down for yeah, 10, no, 15 minutes. We'd 15 love to. We'd um, love to. Yeah. Um, thank you for the code discount code, by the way. By the way, get, if you're an affiliate owner, get the Combat Radio Amit. Get the Big Ten. Put it in your gym um, and have it there for your members just to use, like, you know, if they tear in class or after class. Because And then and then if you put a few cans in the lobby, to sell, yeah. they'll be gone because as soon as they try it in the gym, that's what we do now, I'm mm-hmm. letting people try it as they go. Um, and, and it, I've already gotten good feedback from it. So that's, uh, do that. And thank you for your sponsorship and support, man. It means, a lot. oh, dude, listen,
0: uh, you know, I love you guys. I love affiliate owners. Uh, I believe this is one of the best, uh, if not the best sources for just like finding out information, man, like what you get, like I look up to you, Craig, uh, mainly, you know, cause you're so ripped at age five. but um, <laughs> yeah. I see I, like anytime I need help, I, I, I've got a direct line to you and your advice has worked out for me and, um, what you guys are doing. You're, you're, you're a very special gym and a lot of people need to learn from you guys. So it's my oh, pleasure.
1: Thanks buddy. All right. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Share this, uh, share this with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Cheers. Until Peace next. out guys. See ya. Thanks again. Um, and hang on. Out-